Hello and welcome to Nerd Girl Musings Podcast. My name is Jen and I'm so glad you're here. Well, we've come to June already. It's hard to believe that half the year has passed us by. And for some of us, that means we're getting back to old routines and habits and work lives and other things. And it's also Pride Month. So happy Pride for folks out there that celebrate. Um, what else? Uh, Handmaids is still going strong. Um, I'm pretty much caught up now. So, so far I'm, I'm happy with this season, but we'll just see how it, how it winds up. But for today, what I want to talk about is a movie that is a classic. Um, I guess you could say it was a chick flick. Seems to be my go-to these days, but Fried Green Tomatoes, a movie that came out in 1991 and has this amazing, amazing cast. Um, But that's not how this story started. It actually was a book first uh, written by Fanny Flagg. And Fanny was a really popular name way back in the day. Um, I apparently have like a great aunt, Fanny or something. Um, Never met her, but I just know the name. But uh, Fanny actually has a uh, cameo in the movie. If you've seen it before, there's a, a spot where one of the characters is at a, I don't know what these really are there. There are these self-help women, self-help classes or something, and she's on a chalkboard. Um, and she talks about putting the spark back in your marriage, the magic, that spark. That's the actual writer. But uh, this movie has two intertwining friendships. We have one in the present, which is with Ninny Threadgood and Evelyn Couch. And then we have one set in the past with Iggy and Ruth. And this cast is Mary Stuart Masterson, Mary Louise Parker, Jessica Tandy, Kathy Bates. And those are some pretty heavy hitters. Um, in this movie. I, I just absolutely love it. And the short, short version of what this movie is about, there's a lot of things that kind of weave its way into this movie subtly. Um, there are some not so subtle pieces, but obviously friendship is part of it. Um, the bond of female friendship specifically. And we have two sets of friends that we really get to to see here and what the love between those women looks like. And there's also race, and there's class, um, I think even just between men and women. And um, Mary Stuart Masterson's character of, of Iggy, she can't read, so she has to have her mom read for her. Uh, which is interesting. So the short, short version of this movie is that we have a board housewife who is Kathy Bates, and she meets this senior citizen in a resident uh, residential nursing home. And here she hears the story of Iggy and Ruth, and we uncover the whodunit of Frank Bennett's murder. And when... Jessica Tandy begins to share the story. 
uh, we meet a young Iggy. Uh, Imogene Louise Threadgood is her full name. And her brother that she absolutely adored, whose name was Buddy. And Buddy, although he loved his sister dearly, only had eyes for Ruth. And one day, they're all walking together, and Buddy has a terrible accident with a train, and it forever breaks Iggy's heart, and it changes her life. She becomes withdrawn and consolable, and the movie kind of jumps time a little bit, and so we go to years later. Ironically, Ruth looks the exact same. She did not age. However, we see a grown-up, Iggy, who is now Mary Stuart Masterson, and she's miraculously the same age as Ruth, or at least they appear the same age. So Ruth is a very prim, proper lady, and Iggy is gambling, drinking, smoking. She's tough. She takes care of herself. Um, She wears a suit and a tie. She wears pants and suspenders. Basically what I would have worn if I lived in those days. And Iggy also does things like hopping on trains and throwing food to these people that are living out in these encampments. And she teaches Ruth about how to live life and how to, how to drink and play poker and gets her very drunk on her birthday and then learns that she is going to be married to the man that she is supposed to at the end of summer. And of course, Iggy becomes upset because they had gotten very close and um, so she doesn't attend the wedding, but she watches them move into their new home and um, a few years go by and Iggy just can't help herself. She has to go check on Ruth and see how she's doing. And we find that when Ruth comes to the door, she has a black eye. And, of course, it's from her husband. And a while later, Itchy gets a letter from Ruth that has a copy of an obituary of Ruth's mother. And there's some cryptic underlining verses in the Bible. And essentially, she's asking for help. And so when Itchy shows up to collect her, we find out that Ruth is also pregnant And, of course, that's when the moment when the husband arrives and slaps Ruth. And so Iggy jumps on his back and he um, slams her into a wall and starts carrying Ruth upstairs. And Iggy's brother runs in and and they say, you know, you better, better put her down or Big George is going to get upset. And you don't want Big George to get upset and as Ruth turns around to walk down to them, Frank horrifically kicks her in the back, sends her flying down the stairs, and they scoop her up and take her out. And Iggy, as she's driving away, screams, Tawanda! And it's not really explained who or what Tawanda is. We just know it's some type of liberation scream, whatever. And it goes back to um, it goes back to our married housewife, Evelyn Couch. And I've got to say, Kathy Bates gets the best lines in the movie. She gets some of the best laughs. And I think that's what it's there for. Because the, 
the material on the other side is quite heavy, so they have to balance balance that out. And, you know, Evelyn is trying to get the spark back with her husband. Uh, we learn that they have a son who doesn't live with them anymore, so he's away. And she says, you know, why don't we go to Florida where it can be just the two of us? And her husband's response is, well, it's just the two of us here now. So why go to Florida? And his big rush home every day is just to watch the game. Football, basketball, baseball, it doesn't matter. He just, he's concentrating on the game. And there are some amusing moments where she will daydream wrapping herself completely up in cellophane and answering the door. Um, you know, at one point she decides to start eating healthy and she's on a, uh, a little mini trampoline and she's singing stop in the name of love. And, and he's like, what is this meal? And he's all upset about the meal that she cooked him. And, um, but she's putting herself first and she's starting to to find herself which is more important and so it, there are just some really good lines here and at one point she goes to the grocery store and this young man kind of bumps into her and calls her a, I don't know a fat cow or something like that or something along those lines. And so she gets really upset and she has a breakdown. And um, the next time she runs into some girls who steal her parking spot, rather than be timid and, and cry about it, she just slams into this car with her car a number of times. And they get upset and and her famous line is, um, you know, face it, girls, I'm older and I have more insurance. And then she just takes off. And uh, so it's, it's some of those really classic, classic lines. But we find out that Ruth's husband, Frank, is uh, missing. And they can't, they, they don't know what happened to him, so there's an investigator. And there are a number of hints at what could have happened to him, including that he was then barbecued and fed to the investigator. I'm still not sure on that. That's what I always thought when I was younger and watched this movie, is that they, um, after he died, they turned him into barbecue. So maybe that's what happened. Maybe maybe you saw it differently. I don't know. Um, but there are some issues around race and we get to see the Ku Klux Klan show up because of course Frank is is a member of that group and we know that Iggy really cares for um, Big George and his family and so much so that she is not willing to let him take the fall for uh, Frank being missing and possibly murdered, and and she crafts this this whole story uh, to protect him and herself in the long run because she then assisted. And 
we get to see, I think, what, what it means to be family. And because you can't have a perfectly happy ending, um, Ruth ends up getting sick. And then she, she ends up passing away. And uh, Cicely Tyson has a great line when Iggy is really upset and crying. And, and she's like, you know, Ruth was a lady. And a lady always knows when to leave. And I've, I've actually quoted that a number of times in my life. And um, it's just such a great scene. Uh, they go and cover all the clocks and all the mirrors. And um, it's just a really emotional scene there. Um, and Iggy and Ruth had created the Whistle Stop Cafe. And... Uh, you get to see a different side of this rough and tough Iggy and, and she befriends Willie Lonesome, who's a local drunk. And we see her telling stories that her brother told her. And you get to see how everything kind of connects together. And it's just a great story of love and friendship, I think. And um, it's one of my favorites. But anyway, so that was the long, short version. So as usual... I like to dig up all the behind the scenes and get the info on it so that way you don't have to. And there are not any special uh, features or, or anything with this movie, uh, probably because it's from the early 90s. There just wasn't a lot included back then. Um, so fried green tomatoes was not a thing in the South until this movie came out. I always thought... That's what people in the South ate was fried green tomatoes. But apparently that wasn't a thing until this movie made it a thing. So I, I found that quite interesting. Um, they originally had pursued making this one into a musical. I don't, I don't see how that would have worked. <laughs> I just can't, I can't quite wrap my head around a musical of this one. It, uh, it just doesn't seem like it has quite the teeth for a musical. The movie is actually titled um, Fried Green Tomatoes at the Whistle Stop Cafe, which is also what they called the film in the UK. But apparently it was too much for the US audiences, so they just shortened that down to Fried Green Tomatoes here. And this was considered like a, a shoestring budget. It only had an $11 million budget, which was nothing back then, but it made over $119 million, So it was one of those unusual kind of breakout movies of the year. And uh, you, can, you can go visit a real Whistle Stop Cafe. So the author got the inspiration for this cafe from... A uh, place in Alabama, for, in Bir Birmingham, uh, there was the Irondale Cafe in the 1930s. And so that's where her inspiration came from for this, for this Whistle Stop Cafe. And because Hollywood filmed the movie in Georgia, in Juliet, uh, you can go to this town. It's about 20 minutes from Macon. And you can go to the Whistle Stop Cafe. You can get some fried green tomatoes there. Um, I 
double check the website. It's all still there. And apparently after the movie came out, so many people were asking for the recipe for some of these things that they created the original Whistle Stop Cafe cookbook purchased or um, published in 1993. So go get your cookbook and tell me how they are. I, I do wonder what fried green tomatoes taste like. Um, I don't like tomatoes, so I don't know. Uh, well, let me back up. I will eat tomatoes with sugar on them because that's how my dad ate them. My mom eats tomatoes like a uh, like an apple. She'll just gnaw into it and add salt if she wants to add anything. So how do you eat your tomatoes? And how do you eat fried green tomatoes? I mean, do you just batter them, fry them up? I, I'm not sure. They look firm to me more than like a red tomato does, but maybe that's just the type of tomato. I digress. Um, so... The movie inspired countless women to embrace the Tawanda. You know, you do something and you yell Tawanda. I've seen it on T-shirts. I've it, It's not as popular now anymore because now we're quite a few years away from the movie. But I bet if they did a reboot, you would hear it again. And because Mary Louise Parker and Mary Stuart Masterson had such similar names, the director would refer to them as Lou and Stu. So... Um, you know, Mary Louise Parker was Lou, Mary Stuart Masterson was Stu. And the other thing that I think is, it's it's sad that this is the way that it went, um, but originally in the book, Iggy and Ruth uh, had a romantic element, had a relationship there, more than just friends. And although it was hinted at in the movie, um, and both the actresses actually had uh, said that that's, that's how they wanted their characters to be shown. Um, they decided not to move forward with that plot line. So I think that's, that's too bad because it would have been a very early, um, an early movie that would show this deep relationship between these women. And that was the main reason why I picked this movie for the first one of um, – Pride Month, and I will likely do a couple of more um, movies that I would just say gay in in the general term. Um, but my favorite one, boy, that might be a little not suitable for podcast. I don't know. That's tough. Uh, but we've got, but I'm a cheerleader. Better than chocolate, and I do like In and Out too. So I may I may have to do the the flavor of the month. I think will be gay, and um, I think we might have to do that for Pride Month. But you know, Pride Month to me it has a few different feelings. I love seeing all of the people express um, their allyship, their love for those of us um, that do happen to be gay. And I also have always admired people that had family members that would march in pride with them, that 
you know, I think for me, one of the, one of the coolest things that I can ever see is when you see a mom or a grandma or a dad, um, marching with their child at pride. It, it warms my heart. It breaks my heart. It's all of those things that I wish that I could have and know that I never will. Um, and there are so many more like me. I think families are becoming more accepting. And I think it's the younger generation that's leading the way. But for those of us that have boomers as parents that um, maybe have very religious families, you know, that's, that's the difficult part about Pride Month and seeing, you know, you see people posting, oh, if, you know, if your family doesn't, doesn't love you, I'm your mom now. And, and I think those things are great and that's awesome and I love it. But at the same time, it makes me really sad because the reality is, is some of us have family that closed the door because of that. And that's the only reason. And how you can turn your back on your child for who they love, I just, I, I just don't understand at all. But anyway, that's a whole topic for a whole nother day. And so do you have a favorite that you like, especially around Pride Month? Um, what is your favorite, favorite movie this time of year to watch? Let me know. Stop on over to Instagram, Nerd Girl Musings, and uh, let me know what your favorite is. Thanks for stopping by. That's all I have for today. Take care and be well.